0: This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 AM. Please visit kpulpit.co.za Christian perspective on the news does not necessarily reflect the opinions of Radio K Pulpit or the on-air presenter, but is the independent viewpoint of the individual contributor. Please send an email to info at should you have any further inquiries. Christian Perspective on the News. It's time to connect with Dr. Peter Hammond. He's the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action and the William Carey Bible Institute. Good morning to you, Dr. Hammond. Good morning, Brad. Just yesterday was Ascension Day and it's encouraging that increasingly... More schools are observing Ascension Day as a holiday, although it's not on the national calendar, but schools do have the option, and quite a lot of private schools and also some public schools took Ascension Day off, the 18th of May, uh, to remember the authority of Christ, the Ascension of Christ as Great Commission. Ascension Day is a very important pillar of our Christian faith, and those who did not have an Ascension Day service yesterday are planning, in many cases, to have an Ascension Sunday service this coming Sunday. But 10 days from now is Pentecost Sunday. And uh, Pentecost Sunday is the fifth important pillar of our Christian calendars. Pentecost Sunday deals with the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Lord at the Ascension said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to of the earth but you must receive power. You will receive power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the utmost parts of the earth. And the Lord commanded his disciples to wait in Jerusalem until they'd been clothed with power from on high. Mm. And 120 disciples were gathered in the upper room on Pentecost Sunday, which is 50 days after the resurrection, 10 days after the ascension, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they all spoke the word of God with boldness. And they were given different languages to speak in, so that the people from all over the known world gathered there, heard the gospel in their own language. And this again just underlines the importance of missions to the Great Commission, that the power of Pentecost was given for this express purpose of fulfilling the Great Commission of making the Gospel known to people of all nations, tribes and languages. And Pentecost has been an important festival in the Christian Church for many centuries, and it's important that we go back to observing it, to reminding ourselves of this vital pillar of our Christian faith. And the Holy Spirit was promised by Lord Jesus. He promised that he would send the Holy Spirit to convict the world of sin, to regenerate God's chosen people into new life, to reassure us of our salvation, to teach us the truth, to lead us, to fill us with supernatural power, to direct our prayer life that we can pray in the Spirit, to produce the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness and self-control, to give gifts to each part of the body, to empower us for worship because God is Spirit and His worshippers must worship Him in Spirit and truth and to call and direct us into ministries, such as when the Holy Spirit told the church at Antioch to set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called him. And of course, the Holy Spirit will bring glory to Christ, as John 16, 14 makes it clear. There are four positive commands that we are given in the Scripture with regard to the Holy Spirit. We are commanded to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do not be drunk with wine, in which is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're commanded to be led by the Holy Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, and to pray in the Spirit. Now these are commands in the Scripture, and there are also some negative commands as well regarding the Holy Spirit. We are commanded in the Scripture, do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do not quench the Holy Spirit, do not put out the Holy Spirit's fire, and do not resist the Holy Spirit, and do not lie to the Holy Spirit, as Anais and Sapphira did with disastrous consequences in Acts 5. So you can only grieve somebody who loves you. To grieve is to cause sorrow to someone who loves us. And we grieve the Holy Spirit when uh, we are spiritually lethargic, apathetic, or dead. He is the spirit of life. We grieve the Holy Spirit when we are false, hypocritical, or deceitful, because He is the spirit of truth. We grieve the Holy Spirit with unbelief and distrust and worry, we see as a spirit of faith. And spiritual barrenness and fruitlessness and disorder grieve him, because he is the spirit of power, love and self-control. Ignorance of the word of God and spiritual foolishness grieve him because he is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And anything unclean, indecent, or immoral defiles and degrades us, and therefore grieves the Holy Spirit because he is the spirit of holiness. Isaiah 11, 2 says, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And no wonder King David prayed in Psalm 51, verse 11, do not cast me from your presence, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. It's so important that we re-emphasize the doctrine of God, the Holy Spirit, and that we are seeking in every way to cooperate with the Holy Spirit as he seeks to glorify Christ through us. So, we resist the Holy Spirit when He convicts us of sin, but we do not repent. That is resisting the Spirit. When He leads us to do something and we refuse to do it, that is resisting the Spirit. When He prepares us for something and we do not put into action, that is resisting the Holy Spirit. When He guides, if we do not follow, that is resisting the Holy Spirit. And the Lord said, My Spirit will not always contend with man forever. Genesis 6 verse 3. We mustn't quench the Spirit, and I think there's a lot of quenching of the Holy Spirit. When you have a fire in the forest, it's important to quench the fire by pouring water over the fire and making sure there's no live embers or coals that could rekindle the fire. And that's a good thing. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit's revival fires, we shouldn't quench that. Mm. We mustn't stifle His leading or His working. And so a mocking and a frivolous attitude can prevent serious spiritual work being done. Spiritual coldness and empathy quench spiritual fervor and dampen enthusiasm. Or by neglecting to provide fuel, you can prevent the Holy Spirit from setting us and keeping us on fire. Our spiritual fuel is the Word of God and the power of prayer, and this is essential to be on fire for Jesus. Divisions in our fellowship can also quench the Spirit as fire breaks, hot forest fires. Now, fire breaks are a very good thing on, on the mountain, in the forest, to prevent fires from going beyond a certain boundary, uh, that's good when you're talking about worldly fires, but when it comes to spiritual fires, of course, divisions and the fellowship quench the Holy Spirit in a very negative way. Mm. It's so important that we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And the command, be filled with the Holy Spirit, is in the imperative tense. It is a command, not an option. It's in a plural sense. It's not just to a specific individual. All of us must be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's in a present tense, it's a command for the present, to be, you must be filled now. It's in a passive mood, that is to say, it's not something we can do to ourselves, like if you say, I'm carried, you cannot carry yourself. The passive mood is something we must uh, allow God to fill us, and it's in a present continuous tense, in other words, you must all now be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit has given us life, he should also control our lives, It's vital for us to be filled with the Spirit, to be dominated by, to be led by the Spirit. What we surrender to God, He accepts. What God accepts, He cleanses. What He cleanses, He fills, and what He fills, He uses. Whoever is thirsty should come unto Me and drink, Jesus said. Whoever believes in Me, streams of life-giving water will pour out from his heart. Jesus said this concerning the Holy Spirit, which those who believed in Him were going to receive. John seven. 37 to 39. Now, to be filled with the Spirit, we need to thirst. He who hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. We need to come to Jesus. Only Jesus can fill us with the Spirit. No church, no denomination, no music group, no pastor, no apostle can fill you with the Spirit. Only Jesus can fill you with the Spirit. Come unto me. And we need to drink. We need to receive the Spirit. A step of faith is required. Now, even a baby can drink. Drinking is. Is easy, but one still needs to do it, and one needs to believe. we filled with the Spirit when our hunger and thirst leads us to Jesus, and when we by faith receive the fullness of the Spirit through surrender to our Lord. Our Lord said, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so, as we accept and believe and submit to the Word of God, we receive cleansing from the Word and infilling of faith, which leads to fullness of the Holy Spirit. The Lord said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, and that's where we need to be. The more we abide in Christ by having his words abide in us, the more we're cleansed by the word of God, transformed, and our minds are renewed by the word of God, and we're filled with faith and we're filled with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit works through the word of God. The more we're filled with the word of God, the more we can be filled with the spirit of God. We need to abide in Christ, which is what Andrew Murray uh, said. He said, the most needful thing, the most urgent thing in the church is for God's people to be filled with the Spirit of God. And God is more ready to send the Holy Spirit than we are to pray for it or to receive him. So as we prepare for Pentecost Sunday next week, Sunday, we have this lovely tradition that grew out of the 1860 revival of pinkster Pentecost (laughs) services, of using every uh, day between Ascension uh, Day and Pentecost Sunday, having special times in our personal devotions and in church gatherings to seek the Lord for a deeper spiritual life. And we all need to revive our devotional life. So as we head for Pentecost Sunday, I think this would be a great challenge to have extra focus in renewing and reviving our spiritual life and seeking the fullness of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. Thank you so much. That's Dr. Peter Hammond. He's the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. Have a really good weekend. Thanks for your time, Dr. Hammond. Thank you, Bert. God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.